Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Bulls Gold on the Barroom Network. I'm Salim Sutterwala, and as always, I'm joined by Edward Shul Jr. Hey, Ed, how's it going today? How is your weekend? Hey, my weekend is good. Uh, we are seeing the Celtics win the series against the Milwaukee Bucks in a blowout, which was pretty surprising. But uh, we've got some really good basketball this weekend. We have another Game 7 uh, today, and yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I was, you know, I, I, I kept going back and forth on that series just because I like Giannis, but, you know, I, I don't want to, we were talking about him before we started recording, but I, I don't want to root for Grayson Allen, but exactly. I also don't really care for Boston. So it comes kind of a situation where you're rooting for like the Meteor to win game seven, but yeah, it's unfortunately, just... <laughs> unfortunately, the Celtics looks like they are going to. They pretty much ran away with it yeah. in the second and third quarter. Yeah, it's always entertaining seeing role players who go off against the Bulls uh, turn back into who they are against other teams. Like we've had turn back uh, into pumpkins. Yeah, like we've had a uh, Corkmaz in Philly who used to kill the Bulls. Grayson Allen was one. James Posey back in the day is another one. But yeah, they, they don't do anything else against other teams. So exactly, yeah. Clay Corkmaz, man. Yeah. Like how like this guy goes like. I think he's at games. It was like something like in his career, he's at like what five or six games where he hit, where he hits six threes, yeah. and like four of them are against the Bulls. Like what the hell, dude? Like, yeah. <laughs> but, like literally, he turns into Clay Thompson against us. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but hey, we we still got some good basketball. The Bulls are not in the postseason anymore, but we've gotten some good basketball and uh, like I said, some game sevens tonight. We're close to the conference finals, so uh, we're looking yeah. forward to some pretty good basketball weeks coming up. Yeah, exactly. Not not a lot of Bulls conversation going on unless you want to really, you know, get into the Zach Levine might leave and free agency talk, which mm-hmm. is not going to happen. I think unless I mean unless Bulls ownership cheaps out, doesn't offer him that five year max. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's safe to assume Zach is going to be back. But speaking of good basketball, there is another great team in town. Well, I should say the only great basketball team in town right now. Uh, the defending champions, uh, your Chicago Sky. So we're going to be talking about them and just kind of talking about a preview of what to look for them and, and the season, how their season started out, and various different topics on the WNBA as well. And joining us to have that conversation from CHGO podcast, Sky Podcast, Janet Scurio. Janice, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Hey, I'm very well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. 
I, and I did pronounce your last name correctly, right? I've, I've I've listened to you like multiple times pronounce it on on podcasts and stuff, and I was like, yeah, I, I think I pretty much got it down. <laughs> Nail on head. It's it's pretty much yeah. It just it's pronounced the way everyone like you would think it it's it is. So it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I, you know, I always I'm bad with names. Like I'm terrible with names. So I always like to make sure I don't screw up someone's name especially because people always screw up my name so like (laughs) uh, you know and and the only thing that makes me mad about it is because like no one actually like sometimes people don't make the effort of actually getting it right so i at least like to make the effort of getting someone's name right instead of you know just just being so callous about it yeah whatever it's just your name oh oh, yeah i mean i I always have anxiety over names in general and pronouncing them uh incorrectly so i'm really glad that i I heard you say your name uh so i I will remember that now (laughs) all right excellent excellent. i used to get uh, get salim's name wrong like in our first like few episodes and he would remind me so i'm glad i got it right at some point (laughs) right well my last name uh not to get too deep into names uh, but my last name is pretty much pronounced the way it's spelled. So yeah. like, it's 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 people think it's tricky, but it really isn't. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty simple when you just look at it. It's like yeah, yeah Sutterwalla. That's it makes, it makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways. So speaking of Chicago Sky, obviously in the off season, a lot of different moving parts happen. Big moving parts meet being Steph Dolson uh, leaving for the New York Liberty and. Uh, Diamond of Shields leaving for the Phoenix Mercury. Now, those two were pretty big components, especially stuff in the finals uh, against, obviously, in the playoffs in general, just having that her as a big inside. She did a lot of little dirty work that, you know, a lot of other players aren't, not necessarily capable of doing, but just, you know, they can't do. Um, and then, obviously, Diamond of Shields is a player that, is so developing she's a good really good player developing into a star slowly you know you lose two players like that um and it's a big impact on your team and obviously the bull the bulls the sky added uh other players in the offseason to kind of you know minimize the loss of the impact but how do you see uh those to leaving in free agency impacting this guy this season as they're trying to you know, obviously defend their championship again yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I definitely knew that Steph Dolson uh, was unlikely to come back, especially after uh, the uh, re-signing of Courtney Vandersloot. I know uh, just early in the offseason, uh, there was a little bit of a question on uh, what the, the Vanderquigs were doing. I know Allie was kind of kicking around the idea of maybe retiring. Uh, Courtney wasn't really sure what uh, her uh, WNBA career uh, would look like going forward. Uh, and then this guy uh, uh, brought Courtney back. Uh, so that definitely... Uh, given payroll and how the salary cap works, uh, that was a telltale sign that Steph Dolson was certainly not going to return. I think, like you mentioned, she's a big inside. Uh, She definitely does a lot of the inside work. Uh, Just really fantastic at setting up screens, really great pick and roll defender. Uh, So I think the Sky will will probably miss that defense the most. Uh, And so I said before the season started that the two players that will need to step up to really shine uh, to compensate for that loss uh, are Azure Steve 
Stevens and Ruthie Hebert for sure. And uh, so far, so good. Uh, I think uh, Azare especially looked good, especially in the first game. Uh, I think uh, her defense is also a game that's also been evolving too. Um, but generally, uh, the Sky have been victimized early by turnovers. Uh, so definitely uh, just uh, keeping the possessions and then preventing them from going sloppy has been a thing that uh, they've worked on and have improved in the last two games, but I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but uh, to Miss Diamond, I really think the Sky uh, are, are going to miss her points off the bench, of course. Uh, just a really fantastic big starter, too. Uh, but of course, uh, to make up for that, I think uh, Emma Miesemann has certainly stepped up. Uh, she was the top scorer in yesterday's game against the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, also, too, uh, serving as that uh, leadership uh, backup Candace role uh, that Mm. this guy we're also kind of looking for too uh, so i think uh the moves that james Ma- wade made over the off season definitely make a lot of sense i think uh uh especially losing uh, another center in Astu Dufal was also a big component as well. Uh, so I think now that uh, this team is looking more complete by the as the days go by. So in a few weeks, uh, we're getting Kalia Copper back, which is really exciting. Uh, really miss her pick and roll offense, I think, is like one a solid quality she brings to the team. Uh, and also, too, Julie Allamond is also going to be arriving uh, from her overseas commitments as well. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, this is looking more and more like a complete team. And I think, uh, yeah, uh, the chances of running it back, even though that first game didn't look as polished, uh, I think the chances of running it back are pretty high. Can you can you go into detail about Miesemann's um, game? Uh, signing her from the Mystics was, like you said, it was a, a really uh, big deal for the team and goes a long way towards, uh, you know, keeping the team in that championship window and allowing them to potentially repeat. So could, could you tell us about her game and what really makes things, you know, click for her and the current personnel on the sky? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I do have to mention that my first credentialed game as a beat reporter, I walked in the tunnel and the first person I saw was Emma Mieseman. And uh, she's she's very tall. Uh, and I think, uh, I mean, I, I'm often not reminded of how small I am unless I'm around WNBA players. <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, just just walking in the stadium and all of a sudden, you know, just see a big niece just strolling through, uh, just utter a quick hi, Emma, and then scatter away. Um, <laughs> otherwise, uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, uh, the Sky, uh, we're really kind of looking to bring that veteran experience, uh, kind of someone who could guide younger players and uh, set up plays kind of like uh, it, it, like if uh, knock on wood, uh, Candace Parker gets injured or uh, can't just be on the floor for whatever reason. Uh, Emma Miesemann has definitely done a really great job of guiding these younger players and kind of uh, showing them uh, the right way to play the game. Uh, and also, too, I think uh, Courtney Vandersloot has certainly attested to her leadership qualities. Uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, she's been uh, the top scorer for, uh, I think, uh yesterday's game and i believe she was also the top scorer in wednesday's game too uh, she was player of the game uh, but otherwise uh yeah it's been really interesting to uh, see her play out i think i know james wade has a lot of confidence in her i have a lot of confidence in, in her as well uh yeah and a really solid starter and i think especially when uh, kalia copper comes back it'll be very interesting to see the two of them play on the floor together yeah i think with misa men 
Look, last season, you saw how much this guy struggled without Candace and Vandershoot on the court together. Um, I mean, people were shocked that that final that playoff run into the finals of winning it, but it's like, yeah, that's because they were injured most of the season and they missed Candace and Vandershoot. And you saw the final product as healthy, what they were capable of. And I think having Lisa Men, right, she – like you mentioned, if Candace and and Courtney are, uh, get hurt, um, that's another big name, a, a star, a veteran that can kind of hold the ship down um, and just kind of mitigate any kind of, you know, off, like just an on-off type of, you know, plus minuses, if you will, whatever have you. So, yeah, I think that addition right there is going to be a major factor in that them not only being able to handle a long season grind, uh, but then obviously in the in the playoffs, it's going to you know pay extra dividend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it also helps to have another uh, Finals MVP on the roster. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Sky now have three in uh, Candace Parker, Kalia Copper, and uh, Emma Misaman. So, right. the experience speaks to itself. No, hundred percent. And you know something like so, I've been really getting into WNBA maybe the last two years, two three years. And I was watching Emma, you know, first few games, and I've been really impressed with her footwork. Yeah. Uh, it's just she, her agility to be, like, when she gets a ball really quickly, the way she's able to kind of even do the quick Euro steps, it's like, man, I, I did not expect that from her. I was like, wow, that's really awesome. Like, the way she's just able to get around the defender just by obviously using her skills, that's, that's, been, that's been really impressive for me to see. Yeah, yeah, and she also got her 500th career assist uh yeah. in, in yesterday's game uh, right in the third quarter uh so uh, really fantastic stuff uh, we've seen from her and we should continue seeing some good stuff from her in the future so one of my favorite things going on with the sky through these first three games has been the emergence of dana evans and mm-hmm. she, she's been playing like fantastic and they got her uh last year in a deal with the uh the dallas wings when they traded away uh shyla keel and they got like a, I think they also traded away a uh, third round pick and it was like a first round swap. But Dana Evans has been like really, really good. And uh, she's still young at 23 years old, was a second round pick uh, a few years or last year. So, I mean, there's still a lot of like untapped potential with her. So could, could you tell me what you think about how she's looked so far early in the season and then she might kind of be a breakout candidate? Uh, for his team going forward and what that could mean too? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dana Evans, just to put it shortly, has been balling out uh, these past couple of games. Uh, even in uh, the uh, the opener uh, last uh, last week, uh, she put up a career high, uh, 23 points, just re- looked really fantastic top to bottom. Uh, it was definitely a shame this guy ended up losing that game, just mainly because of how well she performed. And uh, we asked her after the game, uh, kind of uh, what she's been doing uh, to improve her game. And uh, one thing that she mentioned is that uh, she has definitely focused on defense and like working on defense. And she said uh, that uh, just as long as the defense falls into place, I don't worry too much about the offense. Uh, But her shooting has been really great. She just makes shots 
uh, she landed a really fantastic three uh, with an assist from uh, Rebecca Gardner, whom I I'm re- I really like what I've been seeing from Rebecca Gardner so far. Uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, she's absolutely just like on fire on the court. Like that, there's definitely a testament to that as well. Uh, I think uh, she and Candace Parker play really well together. I know there was a huge issue about uh, team chemistry was brought up in the first game as to one of the reasons why uh, they uh, fell to the sparks. Uh, but even after that one game, and now that they've had a couple, a few more practices under their belts, uh, I can see Dana just working really well with Gardner, working really well with Annalie Maley, uh, working really well with Candace Parker. And uh, yeah, uh, just observing them from the court. Uh, yeah, they are, they are just absolutely, the chemistry has certainly improved, uh, but uh, as for Dana, like I, I feel as if she's going to be uh, one of the breakout stars this season. Uh, so I am really looking forward to watching her play uh, uh, next. That's that was that trade when it happened. It, it was such a like I, I guess I don't want to say a unique trade, maybe, but like the sky had just drafted Shyla Hill uh, with the eighth pick in the first round and uh, trading her for Dana, and Dana was kind of like struggling a little bit too in Dallas. So it was a really interesting trade, something that you was really surprising to me considering the circumstances but like she's flipped it around since then so i i guess kind of like as a side note like what did you think of that trade when it happened like i could you kind of explain like why it went down the way it did um yeah so i'm pretty sure that uh yeah james wade uh is, is definitely uh, just learning a little bit more about the moves he's made and uh, just how he's kind of built this championship team. Uh, he, he thinks several moves ahead. Uh, he, he's, he's definitely, and I don't know if he's a chess player. I'm going to have to ask him if he plays chess. <laughs> but he's always thinking ahead. He's always like just uh, thinking uh, several moves ahead. Uh, and so I think uh, he definitely was looking for a little bit more of a developmental player uh, that could, could certainly produce, uh, say, not necessarily immediately, but in the near future. And I think he got that out of Dana Evans. Uh, And his comments, I think, after the game, uh, after the first game about her were pretty interesting, too, uh, that he said that he sees a lot of himself in her, that they're very similar players, uh, that they they have a very similar game, uh, and that uh, he also mentioned something about, you know, it's not the size of the fight and the Wait, it's, it's it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And I think like he brought up that quote uh, to be humorous, but I also think that's also true as well. Uh, she's definitely got that candor to her that I think is really interesting. So, uh, so yeah, I think um, also too, uh, this guy did not have any draft picks uh, in this year's uh, WNBA draft, uh, just mainly because uh, yeah, uh, all the draft picks were traded away. Uh, so again, uh, I don't know if maybe just Wade really didn't see anything in uh, this year's draft class that he was super interested in bringing on board. Uh, but otherwise, uh, 2023 uh, should be an interesting draft to look forward to because the sky will have a pick then. But otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, James is always thinking ahead, and I appreciate that about him. Yeah, and, and we've talked about uh, Candace already a little bit, just how important she obviously is to this team. Uh, she's one of the greatest players to go down in the history of the game. Um, she's going to be a Hall of Famer the moment she's eligible to be go into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and earlier, I'm going to say maybe it was like three, two weeks ago, she kind of hinted 
that this could be her last season. Um, and then, like, do you do you think like this? We have a, like a last dance situation going on, like something where you know we're, we're seeing a, an all time great player maybe playing her last season because you know you, you've seen her kind of open up more her about her fa- personal life with her wife. Uh, and they had a kid together over the off season. Um, you know, more so you're starting to see that. And obviously, there's also work when she does with TNT on the NBA side. Um, kind of you know see you see her doing that more and more so do you do, do you get that feeling that this is definitely going to be her last season or maybe she can she did kind of play it coy as well she wasn't like fully committed say yeah this is i'm done after this season um like would you be surprised if she's back or do you kind of expect yeah this is it uh that's a really fantastic question i'm, I'm sure that's kind of the uh, question that's been pondering in the back of a lot of uh, Sky fans' minds. Uh, Yeah, I do remember that she kind of gently suggested that this might be her last season, uh, but otherwise, like, what a decorated career overall. Like, she's definitely down as uh, not just, like, one of the greats, but perhaps, like, one of, like, perhaps the greatest of all time. Uh, so I, I know I, I don't throw that phrase around lightly, uh, sure. but I think it's absolutely true. Uh, I, but also, too, I think life uh, comes into play here. Uh, so she's still playing an excellent game. She's 36 years mm-hmm. old, uh, still balling out, uh, was named player of the game uh, in the uh, in the opener. Uh, so there's definitely plenty of gas in her left. I, I think she could probably play another season and play well. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I don't know. I think she might just pull a Tim Duncan and just kind of, you know, silently play through, you know, the last season without any fanfare. Uh, but then that was also his style of game too. He didn't yeah, like attention. Yeah. Uh, he didn't like bringing a- attention upon himself. And I think right. Kansas is kind of the same way. Um, I know, like, like you mentioned, uh, she and her wife just had a baby. Uh, so she may want to focus on that side of things, but otherwise, I mean, if she, if this is her last season, I just think, uh, we need to give her her flowers now, uh, which I think is the case for a lot of, uh, WNBA players. Uh, I mean, there were a handful of players that had to retire, uh, after having great careers, just mainly because, and I know we'll talk about this later, uh, roster spaces are at a premium. Uh, there's just so many talented players deserving of a roster space and arguably, uh, deserving to play basketball at a professional level, but yeah. there just aren't like enough, there's not enough room. And then that's, that's just the horrid truth about it. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I think the best we can do uh, as Sky fans and also, too, as people just objectively looking at the game of basketball is, uh, yeah, appreciate Candace now while you can. Yeah, she's had a hell of a career going back to college, and you can definitely make the legitimate case that she's the best ever. And if she does go out with a repeat for the Chicago Sky team, I mean, it would just be the perfect way to cap an amazing career. On that same note, if the sky are we, we know the sky are trying to contend for another championship who do you think is their toughest competition that stands in the way of doing that again this year oh my goodness uh just looking at just the first week of wnba play i think uh, the washington mystics look really fantastic uh, i also think the las vegas aces are also uh, going to uh, put up some sort of trouble as well. Uh, But otherwise, just given like what I've seen so far, uh, the sky's biggest enemies are probably themselves at this point. And to talk a little bit about uh, that first game where I noticed that there was 
a lot of uh, selfless uh, or selflessness, uh, which usually at face value, that's a good thing when you're passing the ball around and you're letting your teammates take shots, like you're uh, setting up your teammates uh, for alley-oops and whatnot. I think that's great objectively, but I think especially if uh, there were a couple of times where they could have uh, capitalized uh, if one person just attacked the basket uh, and uh, just played a little more aggressively. I think there were a couple of examples where uh, Vandersloot was trying to set up Azure Stevens on a shot and it just wasn't working out. And then I think uh, on the on the second try, it finally happened. So uh, also to uh, a big point from that first game uh, were the 25 turnovers. Like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> even though uh, there, there were some controversial calls in that game, probably... Well, the one controversial call besides James Wade getting the technical uh, was uh, Dana Evans getting fouled uh, when she threw herself in front of Jordan Canada, even though uh, there was no contact made. uh, But the ref said that, uh, yeah, that was a foul good for three baskets. And then Jordan Canada, of course, makes all three baskets and ties the game up. And that completely changed the entire course of the entire evening. Uh, So I know those are definitely mood killers. Uh, but after that, uh, there was just, uh, yeah, uh, everyone ran out of gas. Uh, they even said so in the postgame presser. Uh, Vandersloot admitted that, you know, everyone was just tired. Uh, but of course, James Wade uh, took responsibility for the loss and said, hey, this one's on me. Uh, our legs weren't fresh by the fourth quarter. Uh, so I need to do a better job about properly resting my players and making sure that I'm rotating. Uh, them out more. So uh, other than that, I mean, the Mystics look great. The Aces look great as well. I also don't think that the Fever should be counted out. I think they've got a really exciting team full of great rookies. Um, Destiny Henderson just comes to mind. Uh, I think uh, I've really enjoyed watching her play so far. Um, But other than that, uh, yeah, uh, watching the past two games. uh, So yesterday's game, I think they only had five turnovers as opposed to the 25 they had in the first game. Yep. Uh, 23 assists to five turnovers, uh, which is a huge improvement from that first game. So I think just as long as they tighten that game up um, and also to limit fouls, uh, there weren't there were no technicals in yesterday's game or the game or or, or Wednesday's game, too. Uh, So I think that's a a huge improvement. Uh, So eliminating those baskets, I think, will uh, certainly ensure that uh, this guy stay in the lead. Is there any other keys to this season? Like, obviously, you mentioned them being more willing to take the open shots. Um, Obviously, you're talking about being um, health is going to be a factor, I'm sure, as well, being healthy throughout the season. Is there anything else you can think of that's going to be very important for them to be consistent on uh, in order to make sure they can make that long playoff run and defend their championship? Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, staying healthy is is definitely going to be the key to that. Uh, And I think uh, James Wade knows that. Uh, He definitely is is now more mindful of making sure that his players get rest. Uh, And I think so, too. Uh, uh, Chemistry is also very important, like I mentioned before, and especially now with Kalia Copper returning very soon. Uh, this is going to be a very complete team. It's, this is going to be a very scary team. Uh, and I, especially from what I've seen uh, from Dana Evans, uh, I think I tweeted a few days ago that uh, that, that she's wonderfully terrifying. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, she's just a really fun player to watch. Uh, so other than that, I think um, – uh, making sure that they take opportunities whenever given. Uh, I know uh, I'm talking a lot about that first game, just mainly because uh, it, it was very important. And it, right. it was a vulnerable game for sure. Uh, but 
uh, things just fell apart. And I think just as long as they stay mindful of a lot of uh, the errors that were made there, uh, making sure that, you know, they're uh, you, the gas doesn't run out in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. Not turning the ball over, not drawing fouls. Um, yeah. Just as long as they keep those things under wrap. Yeah. This team is uh, going to be, yeah, very, very frightening in a good way, of course. How long of a window do you think that the sky have to continue playing at this level? Like they have a, the thing I like about their team is they have like a really solid mix of veterans and then younger players or players who are kind of coming up in, in their prime. Like Copper is like 26. Evans, if she's breaking out, she's still 23. Like Stevens is 25. Like, and then, you know, you have the vets like Vandersloot and Quigley and, and Candace and uh, Misaman, she's like in her prime. So they just have a really strong mix of players. So I, I guess going forward, I, I know like, talking years in advance can be kind of tough to you know talk about sometimes but like is this team kind of still built to withstand the their players kind of getting older or kind of like if Candace retires at the end of this season is it kind of still built to just kind of keep going because their players are like their younger players are just going to keep getting better or like do you see this kind of as a you know like Celine was saying earlier it's kind of like a maybe like a last dance thing where they'll still be good but maybe they won't be like a contender afterwards, I guess. Uh, to be honest, I don't think I've thought far into 2023. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> like I mentioned before, I mean, I think uh, paying attention to the WNBA draft and, of mm -hmm. course, like uh, next year's uh, next year's uh, women's college basketball uh, a season is going to be very interesting to pay attention to as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Uh, yeah, I think moving forward, uh, they're they're probably going to want to uh, like rebuild. I hate saying that word, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, assuming Candace is gone, uh, assuming uh, Courtney is not returning, uh, yeah, they're going to need to rebuild around players like Misamin, uh, players like Julie Alamond. Uh, they're going to also uh, need to uh, yeah, essentially just get uh, younger players, rookies on the floor uh, that are com comparable. Uh, to to the veterans, of course. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I haven't really thought too much about 2023, 2024. Um, yeah. it, it's definitely so, so much focus has been just put on running it back this year. Uh, so at this point, uh, yeah, uh, maybe that's something I take up with uh, with James next time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Um, I mean, generally, there's been a lot of talk about the end, uh, the, the league in general over the years, whether it's, you know, they're getting enough advertising in, in a sense like you know enough enough people investing into them as far as uh kind of get you know, growing the game in general and recently more so there's been talk about you know people talking about expanding the league and they asked candace about that and she kind of said you know she would rather prefer that they expand a roster with something you mentioned about you know smaller rosters they only allow i think 12 uh, 12 spots uh, on a roster and like the and the minimum requirement is like 11 so it kind of makes it kind of alarming it's like man they should probably have maybe three at least three more roster spots on that on a full get a good good full 15 rosters i know obviously comparing to compared to the nba like you see they have that 15 rosters and then they also added like those two-way contract deals where you can have additional two players that are signed to these kind of deals that you are able to keep them in like your in your um 
in your farm league or your like your minor league team and then they can come up and play whenever you want them and they're kind of like development players but still they're part of their team and the roster so you're able to you know keep hold on to certain players that might be very talented but it's just like man i just don't have room for you on this roster to keep you and then i'll be we're gonna lose you and then you're gonna become a star later on uh for a different organization um, what, what are your stance on that? Like, do you think like, yeah, we should we should definitely just look focus on expanding the roster, or do you think there's also room for an expansion team? Because, and not to further this question, I'm talking a little bit too much here and asking you this question, but um, I also think about team or uh, cities like Boston, Philly that could use a WNBA team. Like, these are big markets mm-hmm. that the WNBA is not in. So I also think about that. It's like, well, you know why can't they you know get into those markets as well yeah i the more short the the more viable short-term solution would be to uh, expand rosters Uh, but of course too there's still uh, the whole salary cap still plays uh, into uh, like a very tricky variable here Uh, so uh, you might notice that even uh, teams like the minnesota lynx uh, had to waive like insanely talented players like crystal dangerfield is one of them that i can think of off the top of my head Uh, and then uh, they uh, or she signed with the Indiana fever. And then they had to waive her temporarily uh, just mainly because uh, they didn't have a choice. Uh, It's essentially a lot of uh, ways to save money. Uh, It's essentially uh, GMs just trying to be very sly with, uh, again, like limited roster space as well as the salary cap posing an issue too. Uh, So at face value, it seems very confusing at face value. They're like, Oh, like why would they uh, waive uh, uh, like a 2020 rookie of the year? Like, like it makes no sense which yeah i mean true it it does make no sense but again uh, it's just gms uh, trying to be uh wise in managing their money and also managing their roster spots uh i think expansion is also a very good idea too and i think just from uh, more of an exposure and marketing standpoint yeah there are a handful of cities that could definitely uh benefit from having a team so uh my co-host sabria and i we had a legend Candace Dupree on our show about a month and a half ago. And uh, we asked Candace the same question. We said, uh, Hey, uh, like is, is expansion in the WNBA's future? And if so, like what cities can, like, do you see getting a team? Uh, Candace said that, yeah, she would like to see cities with a little bit more of a, like a, a bigger college market, uh, get a team. Uh, so yeah, like Philly makes sense. Boston makes sense. Uh, I also think uh, Toronto would also be a great place as well. Uh, just uh, thinking of uh, places with with huge NBA teams uh, that mm-hmm. would uh, certainly support a WNBA team as well. Uh, what, else, what what other city did I think would be a good idea? Um, I can't remember. But anyway, uh, one of the points that Candace brought up was that there are a couple of issues that the W needs to address before they even think about expansion. And so a lot of them uh, deal with uh, travel conditions in the league. So I think you might have seen yes. uh, Twitter. Yeah. I think uh, Natasha Cloud uh, was uh, saying that, uh, yeah, uh, she had to fly commercial with like mostly uh unmasked passengers and so yeah that's yeah exactly uh so keeping players uh, healthy uh and safe i think uh certainly should be at the top of the w's uh agenda in my opinion uh but but yeah i think uh, that is just one of the issues that they need to address 
but otherwise, yeah, uh, a, a, a good short-term solution would be to expand the rosters. Yeah, and I think it was there was the other story not too long ago where somebody gave them you know, like business class flight, uh, one of the teams, and then they got trouble for it. Um, I can't remember which team it was like an owner of a team decided to fly there like out of his own pocket, I think, or something like that happened. Um, where... Yeah, the, the league, I remember that. I remember hearing about that. The league did. Yeah. For, for... yeah. So it's, it's bizarre. Like, I mean, the, you, you look at like teams like in, in Europe and the conversation always becomes, oh, they don't generate enough revenue. It's like, well, they generate more revenue than the women's leagues in, in overseas. But those women get paid more money. They get more accommodations, like like the living arrangements, uh, like the team flights and things like that. But it's like, you know, there's, there's definitely a disconnect there. And it's a lot of dishonesty in the conversation about how, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's like, like, look, no one's saying that the WNBA should be played, WNBA players should be paid exactly the same dollar amounts as the NBA players should be paid. That's not the conversation. Yeah. The conversation is getting a bigger percentage of the pool. Yes. And, and when you see these other professional women leagues overseas are able to do that, really take care of the, the women and the women players and pay them a fair share of their salary. It's like, why can't the WNBA do that too? And that's the frustrating part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it is very frustrating. And uh, yeah, I think uh, going back to our conversation uh, with uh, Candace Dupree, uh, that was one of the things that she mentioned that uh, the league could certainly improve on is just uh, she, she did say that uh, back when she first started playing, uh, when the sky first drafted her, uh, things were pretty bare bones. Like it, it was even worse than it is today. Uh, so she, she has said that that has gotten significantly better. Uh, but uh, still, uh, steps have been taken in the right direction. Uh, they, they just really need to go a couple of steps further. Yeah. And then uh, all the frustrating thing too, like because of them having to travel overseas to play, you got someone like uh, uh, Brittany Griner, who's unfortunately in her, her situation that she's in. Obviously, you know, there's not a lot of talk going on uh, about that because her family doesn't want anyone to talk a lot about it because it could put her in more danger. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just stuff like that. It's like, man, it's so avoidable if that if they just fix these issues here. And it's mm-hmm. I'm hoping it gets there because I think pe- fans, there's a lot more fans getting interested in the WNBA. Um, I think you probably seen more investors getting involved too. Like I think they had their biggest um as far as like the dollar amount of people of, of outside investments coming into the WNBA, I think that was, this was like this past off season was like the, the biggest number we've seen. So hopefully like we're seeing, you know, brighter futures ahead and they can, they can solve those issues that, you know, that these women are dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know uh, Sue Bird was definitely uh, one of the players that uh, was promoting. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to invest in women and in- invest in the WNBA. And uh, the WNBA is already profitable uh, as is. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, in order to grow the game, you have to invest in the game. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, the, the more we see, uh, yeah, the more the, the game will grow. So essentially, my whole uh my whole personal crusade is to certainly uh, just grow the game just by talking about it and just uh, expanding the conversation. Uh, so, uh, but of course too, I'm only one person, but no, hundred percent, hundred percent. No. And it's, uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's you. You talk about ad, like advertising. You go to any top notch advertising agency, and they'll tell you the same thing. Like it's not about this. Like the product is good. It's professional basketball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's a good product. So the problem isn't the product. The problem is enough attention being brought to the product. That's what the problem is, really. That's what it comes boils down to. So, yeah. So I mean that's what they need to do. Just find a way to bring better attention to the product and then the product will grow because of that. I was hoping, uh, I was hoping you're going to say bringing the Charlotte sting back as one of the, <laughs> I, I think I'd be more inclined to bring back the San Antonio silver stars, honestly. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, that's okay. from Charlotte. So that's why yeah, he, oh, he, uh, okay. yeah, they, yeah, particular, yeah. they got to yeah. bring the, sting back. Like the, like, the, the modern day aces are the, are the silver stars. Yeah. But, I, I, feel like <laughs> thing, I feel like the thing got a raw deal. Like they, I mean, they, I, like I feel like basketball when it, I feel like basketball is supported pretty well in Charlotte. And I think this thing would be like really good if they can come back. But like all the cities that Salim named, like uh, Miami, Philadelphia, uh, like Charlotte, I, I think these were all like Boston. That would be like really good. Like so, like let's say that expansion does get on the table at some point in the next like five or six years. Like, what do you think is a sweet spot for the amount of like franchises in the WNBA, man. Um, yeah, like I said before, uh, I think somewhere that has a pretty strong college hub uh, mm. would make the most sense. So yeah, Charlotte in that sense, like like really a cu- couple of really great schools in that area. So yeah, I, I think that makes a, t- a ton of a lot of sense. Uh, I also thought, like like I mentioned earlier, I was thinking about Toronto, but also to uh, like where would they play? Uh, they would likely share a stadium with the Raptors uh, G League team. Uh, I, I don't think they would play at Scotiabank Arena. Um, my other thought uh, was, I was just kicking this, this idea around, was uh, Milwaukee, uh, but that might be a little too close to home though i think um but yeah just talking to bucks fans i think they would support a wnba team um otherwise uh yeah uh i think yeah philly makes sense uh kalia copper's hometown uh i think also uh yeah miami would be interesting too i think uh florida in general just needs another or or just a wnba team um yeah but otherwise, uh, yeah, plenty of possibilities. Uh, we just need uh, investors, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, th- things improve between now and when expansion actually happens. But uh, plenty of opportunities there. Yeah, Philly, Philly would be really great too. I mean, sure, I can see Don Staley giving a lot of cosigns to a Philly yeah. team. Mm-hmm. out there. Shout out yeah. Don Staley, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. hopefully co- Oh, hopefully, Kalia Copper doesn't want to end up leaving. Kind of, kind of pull a Candace, you know, in her later in her career when she's like yeah. kind of doing a home homecoming tour. But hopefully not. Yeah, it's um, it's good though to see. Like, <laughs> I, I think you were like all this talks about expansions and rosters about like that. Like, I think the WNBA is still like come a long way in like a really positive like upswing. Like, even the media coverage now is becoming more ample and it's becoming better. Like, maybe. 10 or 15 years ago, we wouldn't have really said the same because I feel like the media coverage was like, I, I think there was a passion for it, but it wasn't getting spotlight like the spotlight as much. But now I feel like it's there and there's more games that are like plentiful on TV. You're seeing more like writers getting chances. You're seeing more articles getting uh getting that coverage and it, it's just really good. And then stuff like even stuff like 
of video games and things like that like they're in the video games now so it's just there's more expansion coming and i feel like they're really on like a, a really positive uh like direction right now so hopefully we do get to see more teams and hopefully we do get to see uh bigger roster spots because there are a lot of like really talented uh players who just don't get a chance like even like when i was in college and i would like watch uh like my team uh usc gamecocks I, and some players wouldn't get drafted i'm like man that's so crazy because i feel like she would be really good and i just feel like they really deserve that chance but uh it's unfortunate but uh yeah hopefully we get to see uh hopefully you see like more positive momentum in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. I think like the media coverage has gotten better too. Uh, so now, um, you know, there's a James, James K who covers uh, the sky for the Tribune and uh, Annie Costabel who covers the the sky for the Sun Times. Yeah. And there's also just like lots of like writers and podcasters uh, kind of like dipping their toes into it and um, like making sure that they are, yeah, just t- uh, having a, a conversations about basketball and the team in general uh, with the general public. And I think even that kind of fan engagement uh, really does matter. Uh, Just uh, the fact that just the sky uh, or at least media relations has been so accessible. So I having covered baseball for a long time, I'm very used to uh, players and coaches being unavailable or at least like just very uh, limited in their access. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I can just, you know, uh, talk to James Wade like minutes before a game and ask him about his starters, uh, I, I think is like pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so too, just jumping in post game and yeah, having players, you know, sit down and be available for conversations is also pretty cool too. Uh, so it's, it's been really great to see that accessibility. Yeah, hundred percent. And the other thing factors into, I think too, is a lot of bigger, like, you know, you talk about towns and like bigger markets, like for example, in Chicago, it's it's very like like for a family to take their 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 them like the entire family to a sky game. It's not as expensive if you would go to like a different you know like an NBA game or a, or a baseball game, MLB game or whatever. So it that's another benefit too. Like you know you're not going to be spending as much. A lot of people obviously in the times that we're in, you know, kind of it's harder for them to take families out together. And it gets a lot more expensive now to try to, you know, do family events like that. So that's another benefit factor, too. You know, it's it's a really it's a it's a you'll have a great time when you go and you can go as a family. So I think that's another benefit as well to be able to attend a lot of these games and, you know, really grow the audience in that regards. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just even uh, attending uh, the home uh, home opener, uh, just seeing lots of kids at the game. Uh, I also just love seeing boys uh, at the game as well. Uh, I think yeah. it's very important for young boys to have female role models uh, mm-hmm. and especially, yeah, uh, to let them know that women can be athletes too. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fun and exciting and cool to like the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think just seeing that uh, really does matter and it makes a huge difference. 100%. Yep. 100% agree. Um, I think that's pretty much a wrap for today's episode. Janice, thank you again so much for joining us. Any other final thoughts that you might have on the sky at WNBA or, and also please obviously share where we can, our listeners can follow you and any other work that you may be working on uh, to look out for. 
Absolutely. Uh, so one player that I think everyone uh, should be on the lookout for is Rebecca Gardner. Uh, she's a 31-year-old rookie. Uh, so she played for UCLA uh, and has spent most of her professional career playing overseas. Uh, so James Wade was familiar with her uh, and just watched her play and thought that she would fit right in on this team. And so far, she's been really fantastic. Uh, in her uh, debut, her first ever, ever WNBA game, she scored 14 points. Uh, yeah, and just maybe gunning to be the oldest rookie of the year. So uh, she's going to be an interesting one to watch. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for her. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, you can find all of my work at chgo underscore sky. Uh, we record every uh, Monday evening at 530. So me and my, my host, Sabria Whitaker, uh, we jump in front of the camera and chop it up uh, on a weekly basis. So we'll probably talk a little bit about the uh, the past uh, three games we've seen, uh, maybe look forward to uh, their next game and uh, yeah, just talk about uh, the current state of the team and where, where things are headed. Uh, so otherwise, uh, yeah, you can follow me at Scuriosa. That, that is S-C-U-R-I-I-O-S-A. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I, I tweet a lot about the WNBA and I also tweet a lot about baseball too. Uh, so I think my followers are uh, just equally annoyed at my baseball tweets as well. <laughs> My basketball tweets, uh, but I, I, I keep it. I try to keep it fairly balanced, along with a bunch of funny memes. Uh, so that's uh, me in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, you're you're definitely very funny, a uh, fun following. You're funny in general, so definitely, I recommend. <laughs> I would definitely recommend uh, everyone to follow Janice. Uh, Ed, any final thoughts for you about the sky or maybe even about basketball and life in general? Oh, man. No, thank you so much to uh, Janice for uh, dropping by and blessing us with a lot of good knowledge on the sky. Uh, I like their chances to repeat. Uh, so it's been good talking to her about this when we had Annie on last year and we were talking about the season. It was it was good as well. So she the things that she was saying were kind of like if you go back to that episode. A lot of the things she was saying, too, was kind of a. A predictor and kind of foreshadowed the, some of the things that were coming so uh, a lot of really good vibes about the sky and just good to have some uh good basketball in the city of chicago in general so uh yeah th thank you to janice for dropping by and uh yeah i'm like uh outside of that just nba wise just excited to see some uh some basketball tonight game seven two game sevens that's right um the we already talked about the Celtics taking care of the Bucks fairly easily. Mm. And now we'll see if maybe we can see some Luka magic and see a big upset. That would be that would be interesting to see as well. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So definitely. So it'll be fun to see. But yeah, that's pretty much a wrap for today's show. If you've missed any previous episodes, you can find us on the Barroom Network on all major and minor podcast platforms. Thank you again to Janice for joining us today and to the listeners for tuning in. As always, for Edward Shula and myself, till next time, Bulls fans.